Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford. Come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there. Listen to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you could like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture twice a week, right there for you, wherever you get your podcasts, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, where we give you the insight on what's going on in the NFL each and every week, wherever you get your podcasts as well. Plus, our good friends at LakersBall.com, go ahead and join up with Ox1947 today right there in one of the awesome groups right there for you at lakersball.com plus our good friends at lakerholics.com go ahead and read the articles today of the number one lakers blogger that's out there that's laker tom go ahead and do that today plus our good friend mr jamie sweet he's got his fabulous five things articles as well right there for you at lakerholics.com plus go ahead and support us any way you can by subscribing right below joe Go ahead. You can do it right below Joe. Hit that subscribe button right there on YouTube or go ahead and hit subscribe wherever you can, wherever you follow us right there for you. Like us at Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Lakers Fast Break. Do whatever you can to support us. And if you do, it is sincerely appreciated. Well, we're here. We're on the verge. Media Day is tomorrow. I cannot wait. Monday for Media Day. Then right after that, the Lakers do go into training camp training camp does begin for the Los Angeles Lakers and I'll tell you what I'm excited because it's going to be from what I'm seeing hearing and observing going to be a very fun maybe not for the most genuine of reasons but maybe the most interesting of Laker camps in quite some time because you have so many diverse personalities and so many diverse training camp battles heading into this training camp And here today to talk about what's going on with the Lakers training camp as we head into a great week of Lakers basketball. He's a good man indeed. you got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today as Ox1947, of course, scouring the groups at LakersBall.com. 
It is Joe Soro. Joe, great to have you back, my friend. <laughs> Sorry, Laker Tom. Training camp is here. And Russell Westbrook is still a Laker. And he's saying all the right things, which is not the norm. But we still have to see him back it up on the court. He did attend the LeBron mini camp this past week. And it's always flowers and candy at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow's media day will be, we believe this, we believe that. We're going to try to do this. We're going to try to do that. And all the reporters are going to ask the soft questions so that they don't upset anybody. And then we're going to get absolutely nothing out of the media day. Then we're going to be watching preseason after that. Preseason will be a combination of it's just preseason, but they play. They played. They played like bleep, and then the regular season will come, and then that's when we're really going to know where we stand on this whole thing. Well, let me ask you this: Last year, it was sort of like you said the famous word that we like to throw around from time to time here: precursor, and the fact that the Lakers actually lost all of their preseason games. We, and we were just passing it off. You know, teams always do bad in the preseason, but they never really showcase what they're doing. They're always working on some things. And then, as we know, it all went downhill from there. What are you seeing, first off, before we get into any position battles, before we get into the behind the scenes of what could, could happen, the possible different dichotomy of, of voices that are in the Lakers team? Tell me what you think you'll be seeing from this training camp that will be different from last year's training camp. I don't see anything different. It's it, media day. Even with a different coach or anything like that. No, I don't. I don't see a a Phil Jackson coming in and giving us good commentary. Phil Jackson used to have a really good uh, presence about him in terms of being able to say stuff without actually being insulting. Uh, those days don't really happen anymore. Uh, Darvin Ham is, is a rookie coach who's gonna, who, who will have to create a, a scheme that helps this team win. If he doesn't do that, his motivational skills or his aggressive, abrasive coaching style will, 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 will deteriorate pretty quickly. If the team doesn't win, I uh, are you are you planning on that? I I know secretly a lot of people have said, especially on this show, that I'm secretly hoping that this is going to self destruct. And no, no, I, I'm just I don't I don't I don't I don't work in. Uh, you're gonna like this. I don't work in absolutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I work in reality. Where 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 you know I was I was on this show last year. Uh, right around this time at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure if you rewound uh, the shows from September through the end of October, uh, you wouldn't hear this kind of tone coming from me. Why? Mm-hmm. Because I was fairly optimistic that this was going to work because it had always worked when LeBron James was driving any team, right? You had a player that was coming in who who you knew would be available, which is you know, now it's a rarity. The fact that Russell Westbrook played 78 games last year, and he really didn't need to miss those four games. I think those were more just, 
you know, go rest for a second. Let's see if we can do something different here. I, I, he could have played all 82. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that, w- that in itself would have been a miracle uh, in this day and age. But I was going into last year fairly optimistic that LeBron was going to have moments of rest throughout mm-hmm. the year because you had Russell Westbrook. What we didn't anticipate was what ended up happening. And right now, I would love for it to be the reverse. I would yeah. love to be painting the picture of dread, but then all of a sudden something happens that makes it not dreadful. And then we can get back to starting to talk about possibly getting a playoff spot and maybe having a chance at going deep in the playoffs. Darvin Ham, I haven't, I haven't seen enough of him because we've never seen him, really. This is his first shot. If he has a system that can work and enhance the players around LeBron, then then so be it. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna we're all gonna obviously support that, but I don't I don't I don't see how I don't see it at the moment. I'm gonna have to see how training camp starts, and I'm gonna have to see the first ten to twenty games, and even then, it's is that gonna be enough? Well, probably not. Mm-hmm. But but we're gonna know the talent. We're gonna know what the talent's about. Maybe not the scheme, but the talent. Heck, the the Lakers in two thousand. I remember they interviewed Scotty Pippen, and they asked him. They go, "So, Scotty, how do you how do you think? What do you think about the Lakers run the triangle in in in, in L A. And this is mind you, the L A. went sixty seven and fifteen in the regular season. Uh, he goes, "It looked more like a trapezoid." <laughs> so I thought that was kind of a funny comment. Uh, so even though the Lakers were not really triangled yeah. in the way it was supposed to. They still want because they have the talent. The NBA, you know, I know there have been talent that have not won, but talent is the most important part of this process. And we don't have anything outside the first two. So we're going to have to see if there's either a miracle or some kind of scheme that enhances everybody else's skill around our two main guys. And then of course our main prime player needs to stay healthy all year. Uh, they're all going to say the right thing. I've not guy. I've never really been a big media day guy. Like I don't get excited about media day. I think maybe the only time I got excited about the beginning of something like this was when uh, Dwight Howard uh, signed and Steve Nash signed, and that was the first year of Time Warner Sportsnet. Yeah. I was excited about that because of the new setup. I was struggling being in San Diego, or I should say I just moved from San Diego to Temecula. I was struggling even in Temecula where I I couldn't really, like, um, I couldn't watch the road games. This was going to be the all-encompassing channel for all those games, and if they weren't on those channels, they'd be on national TV or TNT or ESPN. So I go, Oh, I can finally not have to worry about figuring out a way to watch KCAL. Boy, did that see, you see, you know, see, we, we all know what happened after that. Yes. So this is a juggling act. Cause I don't want to be this guy. That's negative. I don't, it's not negative guys. I need you guys to really understand this. I know it's been negative for three months now, but, but it's, it's realistic. A, it's it's realistic. realistic. I'm not. You cannot. You cannot get away from what is going on and what has been presented to you. 
what we've been presented at as, as of right now on paper is not good. If it changes, then after every game when we're doing a show, we are going to point out why it was good and not just go pick on the dumb stuff. Uh, that's that's as simple as I can put it. And Russell Westbrook, or at least reports have said that he will do anything it takes to win. Well, Russ, that's very nice of you to say that, if that is what you said. Uh, make your layups and close out on defense. If you do those two things, this team can actually have a shot at doing something. If you don't do those two things, uh, oh, also kind of clean up your, your attitude a little bit and don't be a jerk um, and take some accountability. If you do those things, you're going to be able to enhance this thing a little bit. But if AD goes down on an ankle sprain for three months, uh, guys, we're going to have to entertain our audience, and it's it's going to likely be a little bit of a negative. <laughs> well, that's why we have Laker Tom here. I'm just letting pet my, petting my cat know that that's why we have Laker Tom here because he's always on the, the positive side for the Lakers. He is still at Laker Tom on Twitter, still thinking that at any moment in time, they're going to pull off the Indiana trade. I, I got to give him an A for persistence and thinking that's going to still happen. But as we head into training camp this week, it does not look like it's going to happen that Russell Westbrook is going to start the season as a member of the Lakers. I think it's just an inevitable fact. I think it's I, I don't I don't understand why Tom is so insistent on believing that that trade was ever possible without giving them our internal organs. You're, you're talking about a team that 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 made a that filed a complaint for tampering just a few years earlier. Yeah, they don't like the Lakers. They don't like the Lakers. This isn't the Mitch Kupchak run team. This is Rob Palenka, former agent, uh, working for Clutch Sports. Clutch Sports is a meddling, conniving business. And Rob is an is a former agent management company guy. Those guys are used to doing the same thing. Those guys aren't going to follow the rules like Mitch Kupchak did. And with that, you're... You're, 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 you've already done some yeah, stuff. The following with, the rules of like Mitch Kupchak did, did not lead us into a good place. Well, that's, that's the, that's, that's part of the rationalization that I've always talked to you guys about, about how we rationalize right and right and wrong. So we, we denigrate Mitch Kupchak for following the rules, but he makes two bad transactions and it's like anything he's ever done in his life is, is useless, right? I mean, we can get into that. And talk about that for an hour, but I don't think we we want to go into that. Bottom no. line is, bottom line is, Rob Palenka is not a very likable guy in, in the league, uh, other than maybe Cleveland. I'd say maybe he's got a good relation with Cleveland. Uh, Clutch Sports, yeah. I don't know. Clutch Sports is still showing some power. Obviously, they have a great deal. The, the, of the, the, there is no power, teams. guys. There's no power. It's LeBron James. LeBron James is Clutch Sports. Those guys would be nowhere without LeBron James. Let's get real. Let's get to the facts. We, we keep talking about we want to be real. Want to be real? They should just call it LeBron James, not Clutch Sports. It's LeBron James. LeBron James going bye-bye. There is no Clutch Sports. So you have the number one player in the, on the, in the league. Despite all the Giannis's and the Durant's, LeBron is the current NBA king. He drives a lot of things. And in this player dominated league he's the guy so that bothers gms uh what joe side did in uh, in brooklyn 
one of the few guys that actually put his foot down and said, Mm-mm, we're not going to clutch sports you. Sorry, we're not going to do this clutch sports business here. And luckily, uh, they, they they made the right move before by making them sign a, a four-year, no-trade clause, no-anything contract. So where do we stand from there? We stand to now listen to a lot of mumbo-jumbo tomorrow, get excited about the season starting, but just kind of tuning out the usual rhetoric of cliches and wishful thinking comments. And then my excitement is going to be in terms of the games, because I'm at Lakers ball, Lakers ball created this great forum called game time. I haven't spoken of game time in a while for those who have just come on this summer game time is a a second by second commentary, just kind of like how we're doing here on the show of us following the game. And sometimes those those comments, even in a bad game, can be extremely entertaining and fun to be a part of. And I would highly recommend joining LakersBall.com and, 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 and being a part of that during the games. And it doesn't matter if it's a preseason game or a regular season game or a playoff game. They're fun, win or lose. There's some good commentary. Once in a while, we'll get a couple of yahoos in there that'll go up, go overboard. And then we'll, someone will say a snide remark like me and then... The moderator, the moderator will say, "Okay, guys, stop this." <laughs> but so it has to do be right quite often. I'm but sure it's it happens. In, quite it's, a, it's in good fun. Uh, don't talk delusional, and I won't clown on you. If you talk smart, even if your your negative response is is, is is if your negative response is funny and inventive, you're going to get a thumbs up. But if it's a simple, "Oh, this guy sucks," "Oh, he sucks," and LeBron sucks. And this sucks. And it's like, dude, really? I mean, anybody can just go anywhere and just say the simplest thing. Well, I want to touch on something you said real quick, and that is about how Clutch is just LeBron. LeBron may have really started what is Clutch today, but if LeBron left tomorrow, Clutch still has an organization of dozens of players that they now have. They will survive. They will not have the name that that they have without LeBron. I, I get that, but... They are still a, a valuable force in this league and a valued sports agency with plenty of big name players that still make them a ton of money. Who Ben Simmons? Uh, ben Simmons. Oh, but make him money. Oh, well, make him yeah. money. Yeah. I but... mean, they still have lots of clients outside. Yeah, now. but they, I... they, now, mind you, LeBron got the you know the notoriety and LeBron got them to that level. But I would say now, you know, with LeBron in the twilight of his career. It, with clutch is now in a better position financially to move on from LeBron at some point in time, better than they ever were before. I'm just saying based off client list, the number of clients that they currently have at this point in time. He's still thinking he's contemplating an answer. Uh, that's, that's, that's very nice of you to be complimentary of clutch sports. I'll, I'll leave it at that. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. If you have a better movie in the can, why is that not the movie that you released in the first place? I would say it's more culturally relevant than The Simpsons and Rick and Morty. Like It has become a staple of American entertainment. I think Dragon Age 4 is carrying the future of Bioware on its shoulders. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. But it is the Lakers fast break. I do want to make a couple corrections real quick from the last episode that we had. Wanted to mention that the Lakers exhibition season starts on the 3rd of October, and that's going to be at the Crypto.com Arena. They do head to Las Vegas. Here in Las Vegas, they're going to be on the 5th and the 6th. Tickets starting around $70. So if you want to see the Lakers in action here at the T-Mobile arenas, Lakers stars at uh, prices is that, started. Is that a lot? Eh, it's all right. But for the seats, I, I was looking into it. I was thinking about it. I don't know. I was still thinking about it. But for 70 bucks for nosebleeder seats, I'm not really looking at it. Well, it Las up- Vegas Las Vegas is a... I'd rather do I'd rather do for a regular season Golden Knights game personally than an exhibition Lakers game, especially the fact that you're only going to get like 10 minutes of LeBron. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm thinking Le- about it. Las Vegas has been a a shake. I mean, they've they've always been a shakedown town, but they've been shaking down. They people. charge a lot for Golden Knights tickets. since I'll leave since that. since the pandemic ended unofficially. They've been absolutely horrendous and. The amount of money that they've been fleecing people that have come there. I'm surprised that half the people are even there. No comment on that one. It's, 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 (laughs) it's, it's almost embarrassing at at how we, we, we talk about trying to do things right. And here you have, I guess, Sin City doing more wrong, but that's a, that's a story. Pick on the city I live in, man. Come on, come on. It's not, it's not just Vegas, but Vegas is a, it's, you know, when I come to Vegas, I'm there for the sporting events and for the shows, if I can get to one. Uh, it's obviously a central location for certain things, so that's okay as well. And, of course, being in the video game industry, we know that that's going to be the mecca at some point, especially yeah. in terms of esports. But I'm not particularly uh, – I've never been a fan of anybody who's trying to take advantage of me. I've always said I'll pay $1,000 for a seat that I want if it's fair. But if you try to steal twenty five cents from me, you're not. You're not Regular gonna season games, I will pay that much. I have no problem, and I have paid that much. But for exhibition games, I'm not. I don't know seventy dollars or sixty eight dollars for a start. You know, as far as some of the the higher seats, I don't know. I mean, to then going two hundred, you want to drop two hundred dollars on an exhibition game that you only can see LeBron ten to fifteen minutes. I don't know. That's just. Well, I'm not going there. Different. See, I, th- th- yeah. there's there's a difference between 
some viewers and, and other viewers, I, I don't go to a Laker game to see LeBron James. Only. Or the starters. I should say the starters. Right, right. That's what I meant. I, uh, and know, I apologize. A, I should yeah. have clarified the yeah, I'm very, I'm very insulted. Don't ever do that again. Okay, uh, thank you. <laughs> the... The, being a Laker fan, I'm not tied to LeBron, especially if I'm going to a preseason game. I'm not in any way expecting those guys. Yeah, to but if playing. I'm dropping that kind of cash, I want to go ahead and see the starters play at least a good amount of time. But I know now as a fan, an educated fan who has seen the NBA for countless decades, too much that I want to go ahead and say on camera, is that I want to go ahead and let everybody know that you go to exhibition games now and especially with the, the games back-to-back here in Las Vegas, I don't expect you know, the starters to – I expect the starters to either play one or the other. I don't even expect to them to play more than 15 minutes in any one of those games if they play both of those games. So it's just, it's just a point that people are spending, like you said, a lot of money on these games in Las Vegas. They're going to fill about, what, twelve to 15,000 seats of that 18,000-seat arena here at the T-Mobile Arena. Same thing with Crypto.com here on the 3rd. They're going to go ahead and spend a lot of money and not get the kind of product that they want to go ahead and see. They're only going to get a taste of what they see up ahead. And that's what the exhibition season is all about. Because you don't want to go ahead and burn your players up in the in the as for at least your core, main core of players that you want to go ahead and start because we're, the we're, seasons are still down, around the corner. We're down to five games in preseason. I mean, I'm a, what, 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 no, it's a it, little more than that. It, what is it? Is it six? I think it's six or seven. I'll look it up. Are you for sure? sure? No, it used to be. I, they, they, I, they, you they, might be five. I'll go ahead. And, I'll yeah, they think they reduced it from seven to eight to, to five now, I think. I'll take a look um, here in a second. Last year was six, I think, because sometimes it's kind of like the whole. Wasn't it eight? No, it was six last year. Okay. I believe I believe uh, it's it's some of the games, some, some teams might play an extra game because of uh, kind of like, a, you know, the Hall of Fame game in the NFL. You'll have, yeah. You used to have teams that played five preseason games. And then, or and now four is it's the match. six. Just to yeah. let you color yeah. it, yeah, it was six. Games. Yeah, six oh and six, oh and six. And this is this is part of the 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 reason why you know we're we're an educated fan base. We are not. Uh, most of us are not. Uh, we know what's going on. We we know what a what a we know what offenses are being played. We know what a pick and roll is. We know. We know these things. So when you're watching a team try and execute uh, an offense, uh, whether whether LeBron or AD are in there or whatever, you're going to know, hey, are these guys going to be capable of performing uh, on a regular basis consistently with these guys? And what I, just you saw- to, I just wanted to mention that uh, Petting My Cat was talking about an 0-6 preseason again. I don't think so, because I think that one thing you will see out of this exhibition season is extended time for a lot of these players, the five through 12 position spots as far as the individuals, because I think that going into training camp, one of the things I want to talk to you about on this show is that we want to go ahead and talk about the position battles, because there's a lot of battles that are up for stake. There's there's only two clarified, bona fide, starting positions right now that are solidified in LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Everything else as far as 3 through 12 on the rotation is up for play, and I think you're going to see a very competitive battle. 
I think you're also going to see that translate onto the court on exhibition seasons. As far as the games that are concerned, as far as the exhibition games, you're going to see very competitive exhibition games from our end, simply the fact that you have guys who are going to be competing for time in the in the regular season. I don't didn't say that means a good product overall. I just mean that there's guys playing for time because there's so much undefined heading into training camp. I don't I don't know what I don't know what these guys are made of in the the, the, the these guys barely play in the regular season. I don't know how important preseason is going to be unless Darvin Ham essentially says you guys are going to be playing preseason games like you're playing regular season games. I need to know what you're made of so I can know who I'm going to take out there. Well, this is an evaluation process. That's what you use. Is it really, though? See, this is the problem, G. This is the problem. I think you're you're naturally thinking that because that's what the natural course of things. I don't I don't I don't have a nerve in my body that tells me that's what it is. I think they've already <laughs> made up I think they've already made up what they're gonna be doing. I and that's your problem. Done. That's your problem. You know, if you start a backcourt of Beverly and Westbrook, you've already lost in my book. You've already lost in what the point of everything you're doing. So what do you want me to say right now at this point? I'm, I'm, I've been shown every reason by the construction of this team that that's probably what's going to happen. If that's what happens, then Darvin Ham is not he's, – he's either not a good coach already or he is being – he's making these decisions at the behest of someone else. And it's likely someone who doesn't know jack crap about basketball. Or how to run a basketball team. Yeah, you might know how to run ticket sales and how to cut those things and how to, hey, guys, revenue is uh, down, costs are up. Can we, you know, stop wasting so much time spending money on printer paper? Is that is that who's running the team? So just understand, you know, it, what's great about knowing what you're talking about is more often than not, those who do know what they're talking about have likely lived that life on the business side. I've never been an NBA player, been an athlete, but I've never been a professional player. But I don't need to be a professional player to understand what which way the wind blows. Okay. Well, you seem very set on that, even though that is probably the least uh, least common denominator as far as winning is concerned, having that starting backcourt. But just humor me for a second, because Blue Magic asked this question. How much does your optimism? Um, how much does your optimism increase, if any, if Russell comes off the bench? So let's it, just say it, it'll it'll show me it'll show me that Darvin Ham said you're uh, the whole point of last year for me in terms of understanding the team and who's playing on the team. My, 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 I understood, wow, this is going to be kind of tight a little bit at the beginning of the first six, seven minutes of the game with someone who can't shoot. But Russell Westbrook is a unique talent. He may be able to do some other things for us, maybe cut to the hole quicker than most, and LeBron will find him, and we can kind of get through that first six, seven minutes. But we saw what happened there. Now, if he comes off the bench, now we don't have to worry about him having to be the stand, you know, the stand in the corner shooter when LeBron's in there. That now starts to make sense in terms of a basketball situation. If he's running and gunning 
with the with the with the with the bench guys, that becomes now a little bit more clear on what his role is going to be. The issue, though, after that is, is he going to continue to miss layups, and is he still not going to play defense? But if he's coming off the bench, he's going to play a limited amount of time. So, you know, if it could be to lead to a situation where, you know, if he doesn't play well enough, Dennis Schroeder might take his time or another player might take his time. Uh, to me, I just that if he comes off the bench, to me, it just tells me that this starting lineup, which you already thought of, is already going into training camp, was not preordained, and that they actually have an open mind going to training camp, which is exactly what they need. They need, right now, an open mind heading into training camp to evaluate all these players, and the best players of this bunch should be the ones, during the exhibition season, should be the ones that actually are the ones that are going to be starting, not the ones that you, by name or reputation. At this point, all these guards are right now evaluated as average or below average NBA guards. So you're in a situation where you need to put the best of what you have out there. If you don't, then you're just making a mistake. And I know you, you are right now believing that it's preordained that Beverly and Westbrook are going to be the starters, which you and I both know would be a mistake because of what we saw last season from Russell Westbrook. But if he turns it around, which could be a possibility, that's the case. We'll see. But at least we got to have an open mind. At least the coaching staff should have an open mind. If they don't, the season's already set in a bad note. And as uh, Tom liked to say, as far as going on an off-ramp to a place we don't want to go. So I'm reading uh, Dennis M6887. None of these guys are better than Russ, so he should start. Okay, I got something for you, Dennis. Manu Ginobili, would you say he was the second or third best player for the Spurs back in their prime? I would say he's probably the yeah, second or third best player. Let's say he was the third, just, just for discussion purposes, right? Okay. Let's say Tony Parker was two. I think it, it just it went back and forth, to be honest with you. You had the third best player coming off the bench, and it changed their whole dynamic. They ended up winning three championships because of it. So just because you're the best player at that position doesn't necessarily mean, dependent on the development of that particular starting team, doesn't mean that, that that's going to fit. Or it might be better. It would fit. Let's say it does fit, but it would be better. It was better for them. It was better for Manu to come off the bench for whatever reason you want to, you know, talk about. I'm not going into the details on that. But the bottom line is it doesn't mean because you're the third, second best player that you have to start. A lot of times, depending on winning, if you're if you're if you're if you're if you're paying attention to winning. Well, that's what you, I want to ask you though. Is Ru- is this is Russ a better player than them? Is Russell Westbrook of 2022, based off of what we saw last season? Is he still a better player than the lot of guards that we currently have? I'm not so sure. Obviously, what we saw last year indicates no because of how bad he played last season. That's just my thought. He has to turn around. And if he doesn't, he does not deserve to be an automatic starter. on this Better team. individual player, yes, absolutely. If, if Russ was on a non if, – if LeBron and AD were not on this team and we were a – you know, we were tanking, he would be dropping 23, 8, 9 probably every night for the, for, the, for the year. 
yeah, he's a better basketball player, better statistical basketball player than Schroeder or Beverly or uh, any of the other youngsters. Yeah, absolutely. But we're we're playing team basketball here, and as far as team basketball, he's the he's worse than Beverly and Schroeder, at least from last year. And while I believe a mental change could help, I have to see it. It took it took Carmelo Anthony two years to be out of the league to finally get himself fixed to the point where he's like, man, if I don't change my way of thinking, I'm not going to ever play basketball again. He changed it, and he's been in the league since. So this is team basketball. This is a championship, you know, contending or wanting to contend team. Uh, and, and that's, 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 there's no other way to go about this. If you're going to be that guy that's thinking about himself, I'm sorry, but you have no use usefulness here. If he gets the start and then after five games, we're and five and he's doing his same old missing layups and not closing out on defense. Then shooting I, I, terribly and, and well, see, here's the thing shooting terribly. You know, that's the other, that's the part I've been trying to stress is we didn't bring him to, to shoot. We, I think, I think it's, I think it's uh, inconsiderate to think, well, he kept missing his shots. Well, Le- Russell Westbrook has always missed his shots. What I was hoping for was availability, which he did do. And I was hoping that he would be the mighty mouse that he's been his, in his career and someone who had enough energy, which he had energy, to play defense. This guy won Defensive Player of the Year in college. You, you know he's had, you know, and that's not something that, a lot of people have that in them. He has it in him, but he mentally checked checked that out last year and said, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to put as much effort in this. And it really, really, really cost us in so many games. We could we were dropping 20-point leads against just marginal teams when all he needed to do was make a couple layups that, that were right, wide open and, 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 and play defense, and he didn't, and th- th- it resonated. Momentum in the NBA right now is is as – it is it's it's never been this menacing and it's always been a big part of the nba momentum we've watched some of the greatest games ever due to momentum i watched the bulls come back from 15 in game six of the finals with jordan on the bench in 1992 because of momentum i watched lake we watched the lakers versus the portland trail blazers in game seven at staples down 15. We've watched the Lakers win being down 13 in game seven against Boston. You've seen, and that's all momentum. And when you're watching a game, that momentum, when it switches jerseys, it is, especially nowadays where you can score six points in a matter of 20 seconds, maybe less. It's absolutely even more important nowadays to be focused every second of the day, every minute of the day. And I think that's a lot of the reasons why this generation is always ailing. That's why there's always this, now there's this mental issue with a lot of the players. The pressure is getting to them. The the the, the social media uh, stuff that's going on is messing them up. And, and you saw what was going on with Russell Westbrook. People all over were just in his private life trying to get, get, get on him, right? And, and and it's it's not just now it's not just well it's at the at the stadium, or it's at the hotel. Now it's at the stadium, at the hotel, on Instagram, on Facebook, 
on uh, uh, TikTok. It's like it, you can now you can't even go into your own house and get away from it. So those all play a factor. Momentum. Momentum. Can you handle the pressure? Can you handle pressure? And then on top of that, you're playing for the L.A. Lakers. That's the end of all out of all that, all that craziness. And then now, oh, by the way, you guys play for the number one franchise in America. Number one, the most popular team in America. We'll see. I mean, I, I just think right now that if it goes bad, it's going to go bad quickly. And with all the volatile personalities on that roster, I agree with Paul. Send him home. If he continues to play like he did last season and he plays like this, if he comes out in the exhibition season or even early part of the regular season and he just stinks it up like he did last year, then you need to just bench him. And if he doesn't like being benched, send him home because he's not going to really help your team either which way. I just don't think that you need to go ahead and prolong this. And I think the Lakers are prolonging this agony by continuing to go ahead and promote Russell Westbrook as a starter. I would leave it up to grabs. Whoever plays the best in training camp in the exhibition season gets those spots. Leave it open right now because nobody deserves those spots outside of LeBron and AD. Correct. Uh, I have more respect for someone who says we messed up and just cuts the issue. I'll have more respect for you than continually to just like Jerry, Jerry Jones will not come to the realization that Ezekiel Elliott is done. The reason why he won't do that is because he can't look bad drafting him fourth overall a few years ago. He understood that he still has not. And that is those are, I'm using Jerry Jones as an example of what Genie and management need to not ever do. They need to not do what that guy does. Yeah. They make money. Yeah. They're billionaires. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Like I always hear those excuses from family, friends. Well, they made a lot of money. Well, they made a lot of money. Well, it's just a game. I'm like, okay, look, I've been watching the Lakers when there won't any, hardly any billionaires. Look, I'm watching the games, the hell with money. Okay. I don't care about the money when it's the game. We're not caring about the money. You want to, you want to make money, then go, go, go on Amazon, go work with Bezos, go with, we're here to, we're here to watch sports is different. We're here to win championships. We, 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 we dedicate our time and we, 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 we get passionate about this because of winning, not because the Lakers made $5 billion last year or the Dallas Cowboys are the highest valued franchise in the world. No, I don't, we don't do that. You see, Bad management, even from guys that have all the resources on the planet. Why? Because of this and this. This right here. I I just want to say to Dennis and then also to our uh, brand new watcher, Richard, thank you so much for joining us and uh, welcome to the Lakers Fast Break. Wanted to go ahead and mention to both those guys, when it comes to Russell Westbrook, and I I know, Joe, you've heard me say this uh, ad nauseum. uh, It's not the Russell Westbrook of 2017 and 2018. The Russell Westbrook of 2021 and 2022 is an individual that cannot shoot from the outside, does not play good defense. In fact, is one of the worst defenders in the league, according to the statistics shown last year. And as someone who is not efficient going to the hole or going as far as driving is concerned anymore, like he used to be. At this point, he is not a good fit for the today's modern NBA, where you need to go ahead, at least check one of those boxes off and do it well in order to go ahead and be a average or above average player in this league. 
it's a simple fact. This league has changed. The way that we play and perceive this game in the NBA has changed. You have to do different things than you could or you needed to do five to 10 years ago. No one's questioning Russell Westbrook as a player or contributor to this league and to the game of basketball. He is a first ballot, no-brainer, Hall of Famer, former MVP, one of the greatest point guards to ever play the game. But the individual now, I know he, you smirked when you say that, but I think he is. Now, when it comes to, I, I, we're talking maybe what, in the top 10 point guards, top 15 point guards ever to play this game. When it comes to now, the Russell Westbrook of now, you're talking about a player that shoots less than 30% from the outside. So nobody respects him as far as when he comes up with the ball. When you're talking about on the defensive side, he's a guy who is in the, what, 113, 114 as far as the defensive rating, which is one of the worst in basketball. So he doesn't play defense very well. What does he give you at this point in time? This is not a detriment to him as an individual. It's a detriment as far as what he is now as a player. When you don't have it anymore, you don't have anymore. You got to go ahead and make tough choices and tough decisions, even if it's for players who have done so much in this league. I'm looking forward for fans to go ahead and see a product there that's competitive for the Lakers because they can't tank because they don't even own the rights to their pick as far as having the ability to go ahead and tank and get a top pick because the Pelicans own the rights to swap that pick as far as the first rounders between them. So they can't tank. All they got to do is try and win. And in order to do so, you got to put the best players out there. And right now, Russell Westbrook, if you're basing it off of last season, is not one of them. Now I'm hoping he'll turn around, maybe in training camp, maybe we'll see a new Russ. But someone who's been in the league for so long, it's very hard for them to adjust their game. I know we had gotten some backlash from certain people that we're talking too much Westbrook bashing. Um, I know, and I understand. I get that. And, but I, I, and, I, and I wanted to address that, too. And I, I, yeah. I understand that I'm tired of the repetitive discussion. But unfortunately, most of, guys, our client, most of our fans do want to hear this. Well, unfortunately, guys, this, this, is a, this, this is the highest paid player on this team. Yeah. Imagine that. He is the highest paid player. He is holding two max contracts basically on this team and if we don't have him playing we essentially take took two spots two max spots and and said okay this didn't work it's really bad guys this is something we have to talk about a little bit until we hopefully don't have to uh if darvin ham is going to show any skill set in this thing is he's going to identify what's going on with this team in the preseason and especially the first 10 15 games He's going to have to make calls. If he doesn't make the calls, then someone needs to tell us if he's actually coaching the team or if he's being told up top who's, who's what what to do. And if he's being told what to do, like Frank Vogel was last year, then we're, you know, it, it starts to all make sense now why Phil Jackson told Jerry West to get the F out of his, his, uh, his gym. If those of you have been watching the show, yeah, you know, a lot of times context, you know, one thing that we have a very bad problem in this life we live is context. We just hear something and we all do this. I'm not, I'm not throwing this on anybody. We all do it. But, but, but what you need to do is teach yourself how to, how to scale back a little bit and ask why first people are naturally defensive when someone criticizes them. 
before they realize, wait a minute, what the heck just happened? Why, why are you criticizing me? Well, you did this. And then some people don't like to be told the truth. They'll get defensive and they'll project. Or if you're a strong enough person, you're going to, you know, you're going to say, you know what? I need to fix this. So Phil Jackson tells Jerry West, get the F out of my gym. When we talk about this subject, it's, it makes more sense now. Instead of just being a viewer and saying, why is he being mean to Jerry West? Is he, is he on a power trip? Is he on this? No, no. He's the coach. The coach needs to coach. And if he's got someone Al Davising his players, what happens? And my, I'm going to shift away from Westbrook a little bit here and say my eyes after Westbrook are going to be on Darvin Ham. I want to know if he's running this team. And let's see if he's going to make those bold decisions, if he's going to be allowed to make those bold decisions. If he if he's allowed to, then we're going to see the best team on the court. Whether they win or not, we're going to be able to watch that team and go, this is the best team that they can offer in terms of trying to win. But if they start putting Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook with Jones, AD, and LeBron in the fourth quarter during a close game, I'm not going to take you very seriously. And, and those things are not very hard to diagnose. We're not blind. <laughs> we're going to know what we're looking at. We've watched enough games to know. And that's what I'm going to be looking for. So those who spend $70 on a preseason game to go watch LeBron, sure. I've I've watched LeBron play. I've watched AD play. I've watched Kobe and everybody play. But I'm watching the game, guys. When I go to a game, I don't go to the bathroom, okay? That's even in baseball. I don't go to a bathroom. I don't go get hot dogs. If somebody happens to come and I'm hungry and I get it, I'm there. I don't – I watch – I'm there to watch the game. I'm paying that kind of money to watch. And everyone who's with me knows this, okay? Everyone who knows it. I don't leave. I'm there at the first pitch. Last pitch, okay? I'm there at tip-off, and I'm there when the clock says zero. Do you ever go to the restroom? I've had a very good mental thing when it comes to going (laughs) to the bathroom. It's got to be during halftime for a football game. So you go uh, with like the the 90% of people. Well, the issue issue with going to the bathroom a lot of times in in, in, uh, arenas or in in stadiums is I, I, I can't stand the... The, the the butt cheek to butt cheek lines i can't I, I i get all like dude i i'm just gonna wait get out of here and then i, I so i don't drink there you, you i don't drink there usually very very rare that i'll drink so it's not like i'm gonna need to go there anyways and i don't really eat their food i'm you know their chili dogs or whatever you know i, I don't i just I, i'll have a dodger dog every now whenever Ooh, i go to dodger state john dropped a good one they said joe's bladders hang on for dear life that's a good one good one john shout out to john i want to also give a big shout out to don who's joined us i believe for one of the first times i see on the chat room welcome to the lakers fast break jante as well great suggestions that we would all take jerry west over palinka in a heartbeat absolutely but one of the things that's not fair that's not fair to compare (laughs) (laughs) that is not fair to compare but one of the things i want to bring up is something that he said is the success or failure based on russ 
No, it should not be. Because at this point, the success or failure of the season should be as a team concept, as a team whole. He gets all the attention, or shall I say blame. That's what Don was saying. You know, you're right. He does get a lot of blame, but he does. he's not the only one. Remember, Anthony Davis had a terrible season last year. The Lakers had terrible productivity all over the place. The depth was abysmal. There's a, an organizational issue. I know it was mentioned in the chat as far as the organization, and I've touched on this. The organization as a whole from top to bottom failed you as a Laker fan last year. It's as simple and point blank as that. When they have as terrible a season as they did last year, it's not just one individual. It's all over. And I know that a lot of the focus is put on Russ, but AD needs to come back to being the AD of the bubble of 2020, or at least the, the year, the season of 2019-2020, in order for this team to at least be competitive in the Western Conference. Right, Joe? My gripe with management is more away from basketball. I think my disdain was more away from basketball. If you make a mistake in an acquisition, that's it. It, it happens, guys. It, 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 that's sports. It's part of sports. It's part of any business. You make a mistake. You make a wrong decision. It doesn't work. But it's what happens is when you make those bad decisions, those those things tend to reveal who you really are because you get pressured. And you, 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 you start getting the the nasty comments, right? Because this is a public business, and of course, yeah. you're the LA Lakers. It's even worse. And if you've been around the Lakers as long as Jeannie has, and of course, as long as even Rob Palinka has, heck, I played at, at Michigan. You know, Michigan's a very prominent university, and there's a lot of pressure there to win basketball, football. Uh, I I would have liked to have seen them react better under the bad decisions, but they didn't. They're tweeting at 2 a.m. like a little schoolgirl, whatever. Um, And and to me, those are little marks. Those are little marks of who you really are. Uh Rob's been kind of quiet, which he should. But Rob's, my gripe with Rob has always been there. It's been there. Well, you're going to hear more tomorrow. Yeah, and I've been struggling watching non-game stuff. Uh, the last few years, mm-hmm. uh, especially commentating, watching a lot of the pre and post game shows. I think the only one I really enjoyed watching is the Dodger one. I think the guys that are on there are a little bit more uh, knowledgeable of what they're talking about. It's actually informative where I feel like the, um, the Lakers broadcast has become more of a, just a bunch of cheerleaders. I like Allie Clifton. I think she's fantastic. I think she does her job very well. I think everybody else doesn't, you know, I, I love James Worthy. I'll always love James Worthy, but he doesn't James Worthy enough. <laughs> I think he kind of mails it in. I think it's an easy gig for him. I don't know if he does a lot of, you know, work to, to do what he does. But I, I want to watch good basketball and I want to watch good conversation. I don't want to see a bunch of Homer stuff. That's what made Chick Hearn and, Stu Lance together, you know, worked so well. And Jerry West and, you know, back in the day when something was going on, you, you, you just kind of got more of And Jerry West said it, guys. You know, he was saying you can't lie to players. You can't do this. Like there's a there's an ethics there. There is a realism there that 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 I'm that's what I that's what I'm used to. And I prefer that even if it makes you feel uncomfortable, even if it's, oh, could this be a wrench in the in the game? And, and, and I think we need to we need to learn that. 
you know, that's what a lot of the reasons why Shaq and Kobe went through what they went through. And, and, and the reason why they still won was because they were just so immensely talented and they had really good supporting cast. It didn't matter. And again, that's the balance. What, what, what it, it, we've won in, in hectic conditions and nice conditions and crazy, and we've lost in crazy conditions and nice conditions. It's a very unpredictable thing. So we're at it in it now. We're at it and we're trying to figure out a solution to what's going on. You know, for all I know, Russell Westbrook turns into 19 Russell Westbrook and at least does something. Well, I'll tell you what, because you've asked for it, because Joshua Dietz has asked for it, we're going to go long on today's program. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break, bringing you our thoughts as, of course, media day is tomorrow. Lakers training camp started on Tuesday. LeBron minicamp is finished. Oh my gosh, it's so much fun right now for us. What's going to go on behind the scenes? I know John McCallion, he was actually talking about what we predict might happen tomorrow. I don't think too much is going to be happening as far as consequential or monumental. I think there's going to be, like I said, media fishing for certain small tidbits to be, they're going to try to blow it out of proportion or just try to stretch it out to, oh, that might mean something else. That might mean something else. You know what? Tomorrow night, I'm going to try and see if I can get my good friend, Mr. Sean Grice, the madman from Toronto, as far as the magic man is concerned, I'm going to see if I can get him on the show, and we'll go ahead and recap tomorrow's press conference as far as everything that went on during media day. So we'll go ahead and do that sometime tomorrow night. Looking forward to that. Either that or get him or get Jamie on or maybe get Joe on. We'll, we'll try to do something for you tomorrow night as a wrap-up for media day before we go ahead and head on into the week of Great stuff going on here at the Lakers Fast Break. But my friend, it is training camp. I do want to go ahead and focus in on the battles, and especially as far as in training camp for some of the starting spots. Let's let's put the guard, let's put the guards right now off to the side because that's the juiciest part. That's the meatiest part of the conversation because there's so many guards on the Slaker team. Wings, we have an issue as far as we need more and we need competent ones outside LeBron and AD. And unfortunately, we don't have that much. So let's put that off to the side. Let's talk about the center position right now. The center position right now, you have Thomas Bryant, Damian Jones, and I'm going to throw a new name in there for you. And he could play well enough to get a rotational spot as far as maybe 11th, 12th man on the team. And that's Jay Huff. He played very well in limited time in, during the Las Vegas Summer League and also in uh, California it's during the California Summer League as well. So I, I would say Jay Huff is an individual that maybe could actually play some minutes given an opportunity. But your thoughts right now on the center position, clearly Damian Jones and also as well, you have Thomas Bryant. They were brought in to be the guys playing the, the five spot. Your thoughts on either one of those guys as far as who might make it out as far as training camp and the exhibition season as the starter for the L.A. Lakers? Well, Damian Jones is going to play the traditional center position where he's long and going to play some defense and get some alley-oops, things like that. Thomas Bryant is more of this era's type center, someone who can mm-hmm. kind of spread the floor. And, of course, with a LeBron James offense, that's what's needed. The issue with Thomas Bryant is his health. Yeah. Uh, if he's not healthy, that 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 becomes a not good situation for the Lakers because they don't really have any depth there. Uh, it's look, and then you're you're playing with the fact that now you're going to start having to play 
an already fragile, fragile Anthony Davis at center more often than during the season. So let's, let's look at this from a non uh, injury issue. If Damon Jones and Thomas Bryan are healthy throughout the year, and that's all we end up with, uh, you do have a little bit of, you know, you have some youth there and you have uh, two different types of centers that can, that you can kind of switch depending on who you're playing. So if you feel like you're going to be more rough and tough, you got Damian Jones there. If you're going to be running more run and gun, someone that can spread the floor out a little bit, someone that can open the lanes out for a little bit for, for the boys, uh, then you're obviously going to do pretty well with Thomas Bryant there. He has improved a lot. Well, he's a lot better than I thought he was going to be. Let's just put it that way. I'm very impressed yeah. with what he's done with his game. And I've always liked his enthusiasm and his attitude. That's that's the other thing that this team kind of needs. But he's not going to be able to do that if he's not playing. Uh, we don't need a cheerleader in there that's not contributing. I, I, I've never been a – you know, Jared Dudley, I know during the 2020 title run, I know everybody was just like, well, we need a Jared Dudley. We need a Jared Dudley. And I'm he like, has okay. been a favorite of many who have been on this show, and I'll leave it at that. I know that we had quite the discussion on Jared Dudley in the past, and I will just leave it there. If you want to go ahead and check it out, it's in the archives. Laker Tom, myself, and several others just absolutely – you know, had this discussion over and over on the importance of Jared Dudley. You're right. As far as towel waivers, do you really want to spend a million dollars on a towel waiver or really someone that can go ahead and contribute to the team? To no. me, I'm more interested in contrib- uh, contributing to the team. If you need someone to be that locker room glue guy, I think that means, and I think that speaks ill of your locker room as opposed to how it's being handled. It, yeah, well, just, LeBron, I think you Le- need talent. I think you need talent first and foremost. Yeah, LeBron is a... He's a very, you know, jittery type guy when he's in practice. And he's not like a stone cold killer like a Michael Jordan or or, or a Kobe Bryant. Shaq. But he does have ex- expectations. Oh, sure he does. But he's he's a he's he's he doesn't take himself too seriously one hundred percent of the time. He you know, he got the little handshakes that he does with everybody and you know, he's a jokester a little bit. So in terms of lightening the mood, I think your number one guy or your number one, one, a guy can, can be that locker room kind of, okay. You know, he's not like, you know, Kobe had D, D fish to kind of play that role of locker room guy. Scotty Pippen for Jordan was sort of that locker room guy that people could probably go to a little bit and not have to worry about the fangs coming out. Right. Shaq, when he was in his prime, and the irony in that is Shaq's joking manner was what bothered Kobe. Brian Shaw <laughs> serviced as uh, that. Individual. Brian Shaw, you know, I in watching this this documentary, I I can't I can't explain it. it just it's a reminder, but I, it was I, I, I teleported myself back then, and I go to myself, wow, you. You got Brian Shaw, Ron Harper, Rick Fox, Derek Fisher, and even the marginal guys like Mark Madsen. And, you know, just you're like, man, that team was just so good. It was such a good. I, I loved every player on that, on that, that during that era. I mean, we, we loved every one. It's because they just, they all worked. They all 
Shaw, the only reason why he was on that team was because Kobe broke his hand in the preseason. And he probably, getting him, probably won us that Portland game in game seven. But on top of that, B. Shaw used to feed Shaq. They used to call it the uh, the Shaw-Shaq redemption. Whenever, I remember they used to have that headline in uh, Lakers.com, Shaw-Shank redemption. And you know how Shaq is when you get him the ball, that guy will pick you up and, and, and make you make you uh, make you king right and then you got Rick Fox who was just a dog just was able to kind of play both dog and just cool guy and then you have Robert Ori who I always used to say Robert Ori was mean Shaq was mean and Kobe was mean and even Derek Fisher, to some extent, was mean. And I go, man, this is this is what I'm talking about. This is, what kind of, this is who we want. And not only were they mean and cool in the locker room and just got good personalities, they won and they contributed. You know, that's the thing that, in the end, there's only 12 players, really, that are playing. I mean, if you want to really get technical, let's say eight to nine that are playing regularly. And, you know, to me, I'm not about the towel wave. I don't want a Mateen Cleaves who's sitting on the bench doing stuff. No. For those so of you- let me ask you this. I mean, as we get the word from Richard, uh, as far as saying, my take on Dennis is that the second time around might be better. It was uh, for Howard. So I think that, you know, he wants uh, what a lot of people want. They want a quality team that can go ahead and compete in the Western Conference. And I think right now, when it comes to the center position, please let me know your thoughts on who you think will be the starting center come the regular season. Oh, Damon Jones. I think uh, Laker Tom was also agreeing with that. Yeah, that's there's, I I would, I would say the only way it would not be is if Thomas Bryant was healthy and played lights out under a LeBron offense. And I don't know how much, I don't know how much LeBron and AD are going to play in the preseason, but that would be the only way it would not be Damon Jones. It would start out of Damon Jones. And then if they start, realizing during let's say the first 15 20 games of the of the season that you know spreading out the offense is obviously going to be the better way and Thomas can play and he keeps making shots then there's no doubt that that switch will happen as well well it's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out I think that position is still up for grabs I'm not giving it 100% to Damian Jones I still think that like you said if healthy Thomas Bryant and if he shoots well in the preseason could steal that spot at the number five and I think that ultimately, I think the team is looking for him to go ahead and be healthy and hopefully will take that spot away from Damian Jones if he doesn't start out as the starter. I still think, though, when it comes to crunch time, that neither of those players will actually be on the floor for the crunch time minutes when it comes down to the last five minutes of the game. I still think the Lakers will find other options than those guys right now. But you know what? Again, also as well, look out for Jay Huff. If he plays anywhere near like he played in summer league. I'm hoping that maybe he can stick on the team as someone who can hit the long ball, plus also as well provide some interior defense, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Again, I'm not expecting big things, but maybe a spot on the team that he can win. So look for that. I'm hoping that that will happen also as well when it comes to the Lakers and their, of course, their training camp coming up is the talk of who is going to be in the guard positions in the rotation per se, because we have so many guards. In fact, Blue Magic indicated that it's a 6-1 group of goons we currently have. They're not all 6-1, mind you, but they are a little bit on the smaller side for the most part. But 
in the rotation of players that we have at the guard position, I mean, starting with Westbrook, of course, Dennis Schroeder, Kendrick Nunn, Patrick Beverly, you have Austin Reeves, you have Lonnie Walker the fourth. We didn't, you barely even mentioned him at all during the past few weeks. And he's the guy you spent $6 million plus with the MLE. You have those guys all in this rotation that are all looking for playing time. What are you looking to see when it comes to training camp and the exhibition season at the guard rotation right now for the Los Angeles Lakers? We're going to talk full health, just like we did with the center position. If we have a fully healthy team going into training camp and preseason games, I would start Schroeder and Nunn in the backcourt. And then... Russell Westbrook would be the sixth man, and Beverly would be the seventh guy. Obviously, would... the concerns of health for for none. I'm I'm yeah. not too it, different, it, but I mean, I think none could be your best guard if he's healthy. But it's a skill not... set. He can shoot yeah. from the two yeah. spot, right? Dennis Schroeder can handle the ball. He can shoot somewhat. He can get into stints sometimes where he's 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 pretty pretty good. But in terms of what they're creating here. You know, a, a Jones, AD, uh, LeBron, Nunn. It's a it's a little more traditional type five yard five man set. Until you can see what Thomas Bryan is, I think the team. If if I was to if you were to ask me if nothing else happens this year from a transaction standpoint, any major one, and you said what is going to be the best team during the middle of the season. And you're and, and and everything's on on full throttle. I would say, according to what I'm looking at now, a starting lineup of Thomas Bryant, AD, LeBron, Nunn, and Schroeder. That would be the ideal team for LeBron. Schroeder's not really a stand around shooter, but he's better than Westbrook, yeah. and to me, better than Beverly. So that's 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 what that is, and then none, none has got a really really good skill set when he plays, and his mind is right. So that he's better, he's a better shooter than Beverly or or Westbrook. And if if you're running the the bench with Russell Westbrook and Beverly, then you guys can run and gun those 20, 25 minutes during the during the regular season so that you can make sure that you can preserve AD and LeBron. West, if I'm Darvin Ham, I'm sitting down Russell Westbrook and saying you have two things that are going to go this year. This is what, what one's for you and one's for the team. I'm going to start with you because that's it's you. I'm going to tell him if you want to play for more than the minimum next year, you're going to need to play team ball. Number two, your job this year is to preserve the two guys. And by doing that is making sure you run that bench. You make sure you run that bench like it's 2017. And if you can do that, we're not losing leads when LeBron's out. We're not losing leads when AD's out. And you're contributing to that team and trying to win a championship I'm going to say right now that I, I agree with you, but I'm not sure about Nunn's health. I think Nunn is the best option if he's healthy, the way he played in Miami. If not, if he's not healthy, I think right now you've got to go with, in my opinion, just heading into it, 
we'll see what happens is a Patrick Beverly, Austin Reeves backcourt simply because Austin Reeves gives you a little bit of size. I'm hoping he can hit the three pointer a little bit better than he did. 31% is not going to do it. He needs to get to be at least 35% in order for him to consistently stay out there on the floor. So I'm hoping we'll see what happens as far as the guard rotation is concerned. After that, I think it's going to be a mixed bag of whatever you can get as far as productivity. Whoever is hot that night coming off the bench, I think that's what you need to go with. I think outside of that, I think Lonnie Walker the fourth. I know that you've talked about his defense is not that great. He doesn't shoot that well, so what does he actually give you? We've got a lot of guys that fit that cover. They don't shoot great. They're not exactly noted defenders. Yes, uh, some of them are young. They may be able to go ahead and keep up with a lot of the players in the league, but we're not sure exactly what we're going to get because all of the, uh, a lot of these, a majority of these players fit a certain dynamic that the Lakers are, that are not 100% attuned to what LeBron works well with as far as being able to have a quality defender and a quality shooter out there. So that's why none is the most intriguing of all these Laker guards. Well, Austin Reeves, uh, I believe his ceiling is Joe Harris with defense. Whether he reaches that, I don't know. He's more of a small forward to me. He's got to shoot I, better. He, 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 I'm hoping this offseason he was shooting at least 1,000 threes a day. If he did something like that, it could go a long way with preserving LeBron's time in there. Because if he's in there hitting those open shots at a 38% clip, it's, it's going to help immensely, especially when you have Beverly Westbrook in there or one or the other, and, and they're obviously not going to be that player. Those guys can then focus on something else that can open up the floor a little bit. Uh, Darvin Ham has a lot on his plate, and just like anything else, health will determine a lot of this. If health is not there, then the system has to be ironclad and if the system isn't ironclad, it's not likely going to play out very well. One of the problems, though, and this is where the serious lack of depth on this team, which we talked about over the past couple of weeks, has really been a problem as far as whether or not if it is any better than last year's team as far as depth, which was pretty bad in and of itself than uh, you know what we thought it would be. But yeah, it turned out to be pretty bad. And this year's bunch does not look a whole lot better, if at all. In fact, we had our comments that some of the uh, on the team said it wasn't as good as last year's. Some others said it was better. But to me, I think it's very marginal at best as far as the depth you currently have. And this is where the depth really hurts us is at the forward position behind LeBron and AD because you have Troy Brown Jr., Juan Toscano Anderson, and Wenyan Gabriel as your main forwards. I think the team is in a lot of trouble if AD or LeBron gets hurt. Yeah, we're we have two, we have two max contracts tied to one player who's had issues, so that, that's limited our our depth. Uh, we are going to have to have everyone be healthy, and we're going to have to have everyone perform better than they did last year. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I'm hoping that happens. <laughs> Yes. John McAlian says, Joe, we need our own handshake. So we'll try to figure out a virtual handshake. <laughs> That's the extent of my handshake. I don't, I'm not touching your hand, John. Sorry. <laughs> no. I don't know where it's been. 
<laughs> he's joking on that. He's joking, of course. Once again, it's the Lakers. And by the way, by the way, I'm the hip. I wanna, I'll, I'll still be the hippest guy you'll ever meet. So don't think I'm this guy who's, you know, kicking people off the lawn and stuff like that's not me. Uh, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm with it. You said can, you were inviting the men all over and try out your pool. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not the old man. I'm not Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino. Um, at least not not the old part. Uh, so, but there are some goofy stuff that that today's people do, and I'm just like, I'm not doing. That's kind of weird. Why, why would I do that? Well, I will say that John McCallion, if you can go ahead support his great YouTube channel as well, please subscribe today to John McCallion. I'm hoping to get him on here at a future time as well. Again, looking to get back Laker Tom, who is out today. Jamie Sweet, hopefully getting him on in a future chat as well. Sean Grice, but of course we also have Joe Sorrell here providing you the magic on today's show. But before (laughs) John McCallion says, you'd be touching greatness, my friend. I've already touched greatness. (laughs) I'll leave it at that. Uh, okay, please leave it at that. Indeed, <laughs> uh, Joe definitely comes. I'm off in the, I'm in the artificial turf business. I don't I don't have a lawn. Okay, <laughs> get off my artificial lawn. How about get that? off my get off my plastic? Richard says the Lakers need 3D wings, which we still have no shooters. You're right. We have a terrible amount of shooting for a team that, as Joe has said before, this is not rocket science. When you have a player like LeBron who can facilitate like few others in the league, you need to build around him a team based off of defense and shooting. And I don't think the Lakers have done a really good job of that heading into training camp. How about three, D, three and D players are 30, $35 million a year players. The real ones. So I think it's a little unrealistic to just say, Oh, well we need a three and D player. The only time you're going to get a three and D player. That's not making that kind of money is if you have a top five pick. Uh, those guys are as rare as great centers uh, in the past. So it's it's not – the NBA has done a very good job making the NBA salary cap difficult to buy a championship. Uh, they want more parity, which, which is interesting because what made the NBA popular was great teams, i.e., the Lakers and Celtics of the eighties and then the Pistons for a little bit there. And then the bulls. And then of course the Lakers again, and then the Spurs Um, it's, it's, it's very difficult to find those guys and especially guys that are going to play three and D player. Well, are they going to get injured? Are they going to have a mental lapse? You know, those are the, are they going to play 75 games a year? It's a it's a it's a very difficult gauge now in the NBA, and this is again not I'm not trying to say I don't, I'm watch I watch every game, guys. I'm with, throughout all the BS that's happened in the last few years with the NBA in and out, in and out of the the, the, the game. Uh, we're still here, you know that that stuff never really dented things. What's denting the NBA a little bit is we're not watching the guys we want to watch. Guys are taking years off because they don't feel right. And on top of that, they're getting paid. And what do you think mentally that's going to do? They're going to go, oh, well, I don't have to play. I'm going to make my $40 million. And if I don't get my $40 million, I'm going to, you know, fill out a grievance and then make them pay me. Then Simmons, I'm talking to you. Yes. Um, 
So there's a little bit of disconnect from that because I'm paying a hundred dollars a month for direct TV because I want the convenience of being able to record the game. If I'm not home, record it while I'm working and be able to rewind it, forward it, watch pre post games. I do all this so that that money that, that those advertisements are paying for pays your salary. And then you don't show up. What do you want me to say? You want me to pat you on the back? Oh, it's okay. You know, you had a bad week. Okay, if you're going to have a bad week and you don't want to play, and it's not catastrophe catastrophe injury, like it's not a catastrophic injury. Well, I really butchered that word. Then what, what, what do you want me to think? What do you want me to do? You want me to, want me to continue to support the fact that I'm spending three hours of my time four or five days a, a week to, to, to watch a product and you're like, eh, I don't feel like playing. Okay, well, you know what? Then, then I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get on my little soapbox here, as my, as John said, and I'm gonna tell you how I feel. I'm gonna tell you how I feel. I'm gonna tell you, you know what? Get your butt in the, on the court. That's what that's your job. Your job is to play basketball. That's why I'm paying this is to watch the talented players play. That's why there's a lot of anger, like at guys like Kendrick Nunn and. Other players that don't feel like we're playing sometimes, it's 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 it's, it's kind of stupid. You know, I'm, I'm I was looking at a box score uh, from years ago, and everybody played 75, 82 games. It was weird. Like it's weird looking at that now. Kyrie Irving has never played more than fifty-two games in a year. <laughs> really? You could just take thirty games off. You're good. Okay. I'll take I'll take uh, six days off during the week. I'll just work one day. I'll see what happens with my bills. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers, always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. I want to go ahead and give a shout out to all the people who've been very kind in the chat. Sovereign, he loves your takes, Joe, and he's you're always keeping it real. Shout out for Mass Effect and Seven right there for you. Also want to give a big shout out to Richard, who's been very great. Blue Magic, everybody's been great in the chat. Derek, sounds good. Enjoying your show. Keep up your good work. I want to go ahead and mention as far as the trade options, because let's say it does not go the way we are hoping it will go and that we will get a productive training camp and things will start to look really good for the Lakers heading into the season. And into the season, they get off to a decent start. What if it goes awry very quick and Laker Tom's dreams and perspective as far as making that trade with Indiana or another team becoming a bigger and bigger possibility in the earlier part of this season or maybe in the next couple weeks? The Indiana trade will never happen without both picks. They don't need to get rid of Miles Turner. 
They don't really need to. They're Indiana. That whether they win or not is okay. You know, they can they can hold off as long as they can. Lakers wouldn't be able to. If they get desperate, they might have to do something, right? However, is Miles Turner and Buddy Heald, who, by the way, was rated the worst in some some statistics, rated the worst defensive player last year. There's like 700 different types of analytical statistics I got. Like, I thought I was going to bring something to the show today where I could justify all these defensive ratings. And I'm one says this guy's the worst, one says that guy's the worst. I'm like, you know what? Forget about it. I'm just going to go back to my eyes. I'm going to go back to my eyes, what I see. We are not going to be guaranteed. We're never, none of, no teams are guaranteed to win it, but we're not going to be guaranteed title contention with those guys because we don't know if Turner will be healthy. He's always injured. If he was playing 80 games a year, it'd be a different story. Then you could risk because that guy was made to play next to a healthy AD. And we don't know if AD is going to be healthy. We don't know if LeBron is going to play or make it to the playoffs being able to be LeBron. We don't know this. This is not LeBron in his eighth year or AD in his fourth year or a 80-game-a-year player in Turner. I, I, I'm, I'm, I can almost guarantee if we knew that these guys are, were going to be available all year and in their prime, they would give up those two picks and say, let's go win a couple championships because you would. You would win a couple championships with Miles Turner at center, the perfect center for this era, next to AD and then LeBron James. It would work. It's a, it's a, it's the perfect combination of talent on, on, in, in one in one starting lineup. And then you can, you know, do your best to get in the right guards. You know, get some good dogs that you can, you know, play. And you don't need to have stars at every position. That's not that's not the point. Maybe you keep Alex Caruso or, you know, maybe Reeves improves to the point where he's starting to get into the Alex Caruso Caruso range in terms of his effectiveness. That's why you develop the young players. That's why you get some of those second round picks and first late first round picks or guys that are from the G League. You know, this this is part of the business, too. You got can you continue to find those guys? You did you did well in developing a little bit of THD. Unfortunately, they butchered that last year and. Of course, you did well with Caruso. You know, why can't you do it again? I'm sure you could. So let me ask you this. So let me ask you this then, just giving you a little bit of breather here. Let me ask you this. So let's say the Lakers do the trade and they bring in Buddy Heald, who, as we talked about in the chat, uh, not the greatest defensively, but a guy who can get you 40% from behind the line. And you bring in a Miles Turner, who is one of the best shot blockers in the league. I know that Laker Tom has been adamant about them being a viable playoff or championship contender with them. Just get LeBron and AD to the playoffs with those guys. They'll be a, a force to be reckoned with. I am not so sure. Most of the analysts that I see project the Lakers, if they were to get those guys, to being a fifth to eighth place team in the Western Conference because the Western Conference is loaded with a ton of great teams out there. And we're going to be doing a NBA season preview before the season starts here in the next couple of weeks. So look out for that. But I'm, I'm not convinced that you should trade away your future for what is perceived to be a fifth place team in the Western Conference. I really don't think it's wise to do that. I think that what we've talked about earlier, earlier and Richard, who hasn't been here 
you know, we wanted to go and say, we do it for Kyrie Irving because that actually was an option because you'd be getting a Joe Harris or a Seth Curry with that that would provide you such great shooting. So I would make that deal with those picks. I'm not sure I would make those picks for an often injured 12-point game center in Miles Turner, who is very good as far as on the defensive end, shot blocking-wise, but has holes in his game. And the same goes for Buddy Heald. I'm just not sure it moves the needle enough to say, you know what, we're a team now that can go ahead and win the Western Conference. Yeah, Tom is coming from a different angle on this. Tom is 76 years old. I don't think he gives a crap what happens in seven years, um, <laughs> which is understandable. Yeah, of course. The more important than win or lose in the trade is, are you going to continue to make bad decisions based off of, are you going to continue to chase the money? They're chasing the money. You know, when you're gambling and you're like, let me just, let me at least get my money back. Let me at least get my money back. This is what that feels like. Are you just going to try to get your money back? Or is it going to really get you your money back, number one? And then are you going to be able to come out with some profit? Getting your money back would be just the Lakers making the playoffs and then losing. Getting your money back and then winning it all would be like winning. Winning more, winning money. No. With the health, the, the with the culture of the NBA, the health issue is the biggest problem for me. It's not the attitude that it's the players' league and all that. That's a fallacy. It's always been a, 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 a one of our, our our esteemed viewers here had mentioned. You know the power that the players have. The players have always had the power in the NBA because it's only five guys playing on that court and one guy can change the entire dynamic of that franchise. They're the most important cog in this thing. I understand that. The problem is availability. I have never seen it this bad where they're not available. And if you're not going to be available, I'm not going to risk anything for you. That's it. That's what this is really about from my perspective. I will not risk two future picks that could be could have value, could they could have value. Yeah. For a player who only plays 45 to 50 games a year, that doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't. You're not Shaq. Shaq could go 50 games a year and still come in and bust your ass but those 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 players only come once in a three generations let alone one so there's no shack that's going to be walking through that door there's no none of those he's not so i'm not going to risk anything and and knowing that these teams are all trying to bend you over i'm like okay you want to play that game you know what the hell with you oh well what are you going to do about lebron's last year i'm like look man we already won a championship LeBron already won a championship. LeBron's the AD trade has already paid off. We won a championship. LeBron, LeBron has won three championships with three different teams and won three separate finals MVPs. His And he's going to be passing Le, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar by January at the latest, barring any crazy injury. 
what 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 exactly is is he going to really is he going to really cry in five to ten years when he's retired about his career? He has nothing left to prove. No, it's over. Like we need to get past that. My mindset was after winning twenty twenty was man, I think we have enough to do twenty twenty one, and then that'll be it. And we did. We did have enough. Unfortunately, AD's leg went out on him. You know, after that. It just reminded me so much. Oh, 21 reminded me so much of 2011 when Kobe just could not lift that bone-on-bone knee. By the way, LeBron James has won four finals MVPs. I know he's won four. But three, 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 three different teams. Yeah, yeah. I'm not hey, – come on, really? I, I tell you all these stats, you don't <laughs> think I know that? Um, Blue's just correcting you. Blue Magic. No, no, no. I know that, guys. He's won four uh, finals MVPs. But with three different teams. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Really? Come on. Killing me over here. (laughs) But there's there's that. You watch the 2010 finals. I I remember after that series, I said, I think the satisfaction, you could feel it. That was it. Like, you beat the Celtics. It was over. Fifth championship. End of the decade being the best team of the decade and all that stuff. And I felt, I felt like after 2021 was that 2011 season where I was like, ugh, it's going to be difficult to, to, to re redo this again. I'm hoping we can, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. And, and right now we need to start looking into maybe getting ahead of it a little bit uh, without some sniveling little, you know what, trying to veto a nice trade for us. Still holding on to that. And you all oh, I will never let I will never let go of that. That cost Kobe six. <laughs> that cost Kobe at least a six championship. And it and it and it ruined Chris Paul's legendary. He's a, he, he you can call him a he can still a legend in the end. But he 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 his his level will he he will be the probably in, when his career is over, the 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 the, the greatest player to not win a championship. That's a good point. And man. it derailed your franchise, your 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 cornerstone franchise. You derailed them. You derailed the cornerstone, the team that brought the NBA to mainstream, one of them. And that has never left me because it costs it costs so many things in the end. It's it's never it's not anything we can measure. Just like Kobe passing away, we will never know what we lost. That's more tragic of course because that's life. But that's the sad thing about life, you know. You never, we're not going to ever know what would have happened there. There's so many things that that could have set things off. I, it just, I don't. It, 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 it I'm, I'm not ever going to get over it because it, it was, it was a massive, just like the 2017 World Series. Those guys cheated, and Kershaw probably lost out on a on an MVP in the, in the World Series, and the maybe the Dodgers winning that World Series sets them in a in a different mentality and really really trying to win even more like you don't know you don't know what it does but it, it it's it's a lot of this stuff is mental and i i usually try to focus on what that does because it's a big part of it but the the lakers right now need to get out of this situation this year and it's gonna probably have to end in a in a not so good way but next year you have a little bit of a clean slate make sure you build a team really good next year Sovereign oh, wow. saying, never forget the CP3 video. Yeah, it altered our franchise for the worst. Yeah, that's exactly what he's talking about, Sovereign. Yeah, I, I, as I said in the chat, if you ever meet Joe, 
in real life out there, whether it's for his company or just being him out there in public, whatnot. And you say, hey, Joe, how you doing? Mention the words David Stern to him and watch him go from there. <laughs> oh, my friend. Oh, it's good to have you back, my friend. It's good to have you back on the phone. I'm mean, actually seeing it in the chat room right now as far as the whole CP3 trade. I mean, yes. I was on the radio. I was on the radio when that happened. Yeah. At KKSM 1320, I was on the radio. My co-host, Curtis Bryant, made the announcement that Chris Paul was going to the Lakers. And then in that same three hours that we were working, or two hours, whatever it was, it flipped. And then I didn't know what the hell was going on until I got off air. And it, I'm glad it, you were off air when that happened. Well, when you're on, when you're on a radio station like that, you can't really <laughs> – you still got to be professional. FCC. Uh, it was it, – it, it didn't just not allow us to get Chris Paul. It, we, it's like you, you said to your significant other, I found someone else and we're going to go – I'm going to be with them. And then the new significant other gets an offer from some Greek billionaire and says – if you come with me, I'll make you, you'll never have to worry about anything again. And then they go that way. And then you got to go back to your old significant other. How, how, how's that going to work? Usually it's the same concept <laughs> and that's what happened. And, and it may, and that was one of those situations where you were trying to move players a little bit before you needed to, so that you can make sure you get value for them. I loved Pau Gasol. I love Lamar Odom, those guys, I, my guys, they really are. But it was a brilliant move, and it and it destroyed Mitch Kupchak's reign as a Laker, a GM. That was his best trade after the Pogasol trade. That would have been the defining. That would have that trade would have probably. I, I wouldn't have put him in Jerry West range, but he would have definitely gotten close. Doing a Pau Gasol trade like that, winning, going to three finals, two championships, and then getting Chris Paul for that same player and 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 and, and pieces. It's it's not it, it it's never ended, guys. It's always lingered a little because we had a drought like we've never had in franchise history because of it. It derailed them. It altered. That was a great word by Sovereign. It altered so many things. We'll never know how bad it was. Other than knowing that we watched, what was it, six years of no playoffs. Before that, they had missed the playoffs, I think, more than four times. Yeah. It was it's, it was a disaster. It destroyed the team. And it created all that Jim Buss thing and us hating Mitch. And it turned into getting a terrible Dwight Howard and an injured Steve Nash. And then we ended up having to get Mozgov. And dang, it, it did so much bad. It, that's why it never it never goes away because those were all from that moment. Those moves don't happen. Or at least let's say they do still go out and get Derek. I'm sorry, uh, Dwight Howard. But Dwight Howard leaving the following year, is it likely with, with Chris Paul being the point guard on that team? Probably not. Probably not. But... A lot of stuff, man. It's it's uh, it's still a it's still a touchy subject for me. And uh as we have know. come to find out here at the Lakers fast break. Yeah, and, and, and this is this is this is a reminder again of, of, of uh, you know, 
I guess the the fire and ice that that you deal with when you're a Laker fan. Uh, I don't think this is as worse. It's not worse than that, in my opinion. This is just bad decision making and fumbling and bumbling afterwards. Uh, this thing is going to end at the end of the year, and we're going to be able to kind of figure out the next step. Well, I'll tell you what, the chat has been amazing so far. I truly appreciate everyone out there, and I will give you a shout-out before we head on out. But before we head on out, my friend, and we've gone over the 90 minutes. I know Jordan is uh, out there. Uh, excuse me. I know Joshua Deeds out there has been uh, very appreciative of us going over the 90-minute mark. So I know he's been asking for more shows, touching on what we talk about here at the Lakers Fast Break for more than 90 minutes. So you're getting that, especially for you, my friend. But before we head on out, Wanted to go ahead and touch on what you hope and what you expect coming out of training camp before we head into the season. What hope, what do you hope? My hope is that happen. everyone's healthy. Okay. If everyone's healthy, this is going to go a lot easier in putting something together that might work. What I'm expecting is I'm expecting the second there's a puddle in the road, and they blow a 10-point lead with five minutes left, we're going to find out what this team is made of. I'm going to say right now that it, I think it is Rob's last season, unless they finish fourth or above in the Western Conference and they at least get to the second round of the NBA playoffs. If they don't, then it will be his last season. Who? Who are we going to get is the question now. For, who's going, for, who's for going Rob Polinka? Who's going to replace Rob Palenka? Mind you, we've had Rob Palenka, Mitch Kupchak, and Jerry West. We've got to start looking outside the organization. This nepotism thing is just not working. Since 1980, Jerry West, just like the Steelers coaches since 69, they don't don't veer off. Jerry West, Mitch Kupchak, and Rob Palenka. That's it. Since I was two years old, there are some bright young minds out there that the Lakers need to go ahead and bring in. Go get Presty. Go get someone, if you're really serious, go get someone that has the skill set and the relationship in the league that's good to make the right trades and to draft the right players. I know. The development's been good. Yeah. The only issue is you guys are letting them go like dummies. You don't let go of your young players that you've developed too early. And they have for money reasons for putting them in bad positions and they didn't come through. There's a lot of that going on. So, but that's not, that's not the GM's spot in a lot of ways. That's money and ownership and you know, all that crap. Well, there needs to be some kind of an agreement or a figuring out, uh, Masai would be nice. Uh, I just think he's a little overrated. I was just going to mention him. I think he's one of the brightest minds out there. He's bright, but I think he's a little overrated. I think his temperament wouldn't work in LA. Really? Yeah. Why so? Um, I've watched him in interviews. He's a little sensitive. Well, there was the issue when he came down to the court, and you know, and, and he got in trouble with the. There's, 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 there's after, things I've seen in interviews. The yeah, there's things in interviews uh, that I've also seen him do, and I'm like, he would work really well in Toronto. He would work where there's no pressure. But he's an extremely gifted 
individual that's an executive. He is really someone who knows his game. I think he's one of the better GMs slash vice presidents of basketball operations that's out there in the NBA. You need to be a little bit more cerebral when you're with the Lakers. Especially well, now. then who? Well, then who? Do you have any thoughts in mind? Because, again, this is a very real possibility we could be contemplating this at the summer of next year or before then if the Lakers get off or end up with another season like last season. Let's see here. If I had a chance to pick who? If Rob's on the hot seat, if Rob actually is on the hot seat and ends up getting fired, I know, of course, the names will be out there. But I really think there are some brilliant young minds that are out there working for other teams. The problem is you have to go ahead and hire from another team. You cannot go ahead and hire from within because there's no one right now that fits that bill. I would try. I I, I guess if I had to, like if I had – If I couldn't get Presty, I, I I would probably go after someone like James Jones from Phoenix. It's funny because we all remarked at the time when he was tired, he was just going to be, uh, you know, trading stuff to LeBron all the time like he did originally. And uh, we all were joking, but he had the last laugh because he created a, a great team under him as far as a team that competed in the Western Conference and went to the finals. We'll see where they're going to head this year, but you know, that wouldn't be such a bad choice because you see a track record going there. But someone at this point in time is going to have to be brought in from outside the organization. If it goes wrong, I'm going to tell you right now, it has to be brought in from the outside the organization. Simple as that. Uh, I, I, don't, I, I don't see anyone that's in-house that would I don't, be I don't think you're going to get Bob Myers. Good Unless, suggestion, Blue, but I don't think you can get uh, Bob, Bob Myers. Bob Myers not going to stay. Yeah, there's no yeah. way that's going to happen. The, uh, the interesting the, – there, uh, yeah. there will be a – an interesting decision needing to be made. Are the younger bus guys going to start creeping up? They're pretty good as far as the evaluation part, as far as uh, from a scouting standpoint, but dealing with that particular position, I'm not sure that they're ready for that. Maybe they will. Maybe they will when LeBron is not there and they're sort of rebuilding. Maybe that might be the transition. I think Rob stays until pro- I'm going by the nepotism part here. If you, if you want me to, if you, if, if you're telling me that they're going to stick to with what they've been doing, then this is what likely will happen. They're going to keep Rob next, even after next year. And they're going to groom Joey or Jesse or whomever that's already in house, but they're going to wait until we're about, we're rebuilding, whether it's with AD as being the guy or if they trade him to rebuild those guys are likely going to – one of them is going to take over as the GM because they have done well in terms of – and that's part of what made Jerry West, right? The, you know, knowing who – you know, going to the gyms and scouting and knowing what players to put together and all those things. They, they, they at least have proven that they've been very good there. I would have loved to have seen Ryan West stay. You know, that would have been an yes. interesting concept. You yes. know, But then they were worried about him yapping to his dad. And to me, this is the part where I start – you know, when you're winning, you're not thinking about those little things. But when they start losing, that's when you start paying attention to. Well, we're seeing that in legacy in regards yeah. to when when Jeannie and Phil Jackson were dating. Yeah, you're cutting, you're cutting your, uh, you're cutting your throat, and, and and you're just watching yourself bleed. You're not. You're you're. I just I'm I'm tired of this high school 
Perry High School crap. I really am. I just want professionals. I just want to. I just want to focus on stuff. Why? Why can't we get an RC Buford here or something? You know, like somebody that, you know, that can just we just build a team and try to just be a be be, be a professional. But, Someone that has a track record that can come in and build this team for the future. That's what I'm hoping for. If it doesn't go awry. But before we end on out, my friend, you talked about what you hope for Lakers training camp. And I'm hoping that we can find established rotation, an established rotation that will be competitive in the Western Conference. I'm not expecting big things. I'm going to be honest with everybody out there. I think if you heard this show for weeks and months now, we are not expecting the biggest things in the world. But we're hoping that if everyone stays healthy, big prey on that one that we can find a team and a rotation that's competitive in the Western Conference. So I'm hoping that can come out of training camp. What are you expecting to come out by the end of training camp? What are you expecting to happen going into the regular season? I'm expecting them to try and really figure out what what they're going to start with at the beginning of the year. It's going to be a little bit more tinkering than it was even last year. I think they were pretty pretty dead set on how the starters were going to be. This one is different. You're, if you have a healthy Nunn, Schroeder on there, uh, Westbrook, I'm sorry, uh, Nunn, Schroeder, uh, Beverly, and, 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 and Westbrook, that's four guys that can, can, can play. Um, but only two of those guys can really play together and, and start. They're going to have to figure out that four-man guard setup. We're going to watch and see which one works, which one flows well with AD and and LeBron. Once that's done, we're gonna we're gonna know we're gonna know pretty quickly what what's what's in store for us opening night. We are going to know hopefully by then who is exactly going to be in the rotation, what kind of rotation that we have. Will it be a team that can compete in the Western Conference? A lot of questions heading into training camp. I don't think everything is as solidified as Darvin Ham and Rob Palenka will have you believe. I think that's part of the reason why that they canceled their press conference last week. I don't think it was over a trade or pending move or things like that. I just think that they don't really have the answers to a lot of the questions that the media wants to ask. I really think going tomorrow is going to be very important as far as what they say. And of course they're going to say all the right things, but there's going to be some things that people are pointing out or trying to go ahead and pluck out that might bleed into the real truth of what's going on with the Lakers. I don't think that they should have really any solidified idea of what their rotation or the players that they're going to put out there is because they don't even know what they have until they get out on the floor for training camp this week. I don't remember them just doing some random press conference out of nowhere unless there was something going on. You well, that's know, what they were planning this way. Yeah, nobody knows, yeah, seems to know yeah, why they were I, doing it and why they canceled it. It's it's just another indication at, 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 at a management not really knowing what, or at least showing us from the outside that it doesn't look like they know what they're doing. What were they going to really say in that press conference if it wasn't directed at something specific? Were they just going to have a press conference to say, guys, we're preparing for for training camp. Please bear with us during training camp while people, we figure out which part works. Well, that's not when you do that. You do that while preseason's going on. So when they interview Darvin Ham after game one and they get shellacked, 
he can say, guys, uh, I tried to figure out, I'm trying to figure out the rotation here, which one, which combo guards are going to work better with, with the starters and get to that point. And then that, that kind of makes sense. And then you go on the game two and three and four, and you see the different sets and the different uh, uh, players that are, that are, that are going in and out. However, if they lose every game, we're, we're revisit, we, we are re- revisiting, you know, last year going into the season with this losing mentality. I know it's preseason. I know it's preseason, but preseason is your practice. You know, you just like when you're doing cardio, you after a while, you need to start stepping up the 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 incline so that you can have a little bit better sweat. You have to start getting yourself into that mode where, hey, we need to start getting ready for the season. So we we want to go a little harder. We didn't see that last year. And there was hints because we had seen it before nine years earlier, how that mentality of just losing and losing was always, it was there for eight straight games at that time or seven straight games at that time. This was six games. And then you go into the season and it, we saw what happened. It, it, it does. <laughs> I'm going to use our favorite word to end the show. Like we started it. It was a precursor to the season. It does matter guys. Kobe is Kobe and all the greats when they were dedicated to the game. Yeah, it didn't count that Kobe shot a thousand shots in the gym. It didn't count, but that's what made him good during the games. But for some reason, we've coddled these crybabies because of money, because of whatever, so much that they've also not valued these things. We've been on here for an hour and 51 minutes. I know we're coming towards the end here, but I got some really good, really good talk from some this, a few weeks ago from some former professional athletes. And boy, they reiterated everything we talk about. And these are guys that were in the that were in the trenches, and these guys were phenomenal players. These guys were difference makers. And they're talking about players of now, how they've been trying to help them. Guys, you need to do this. You need to do that. Why aren't you doing this? You're batting 219. You know, if you just change your stance a little or hit a couple more balls, you'll be able to get it up to 269. Eh, they just kind of shrug, whatever. So this is this is the culture we're in. We're in the crybaby culture of I have my feelings hurt and I'm not going to play or I have a little bit of a scratch on my leg. I'm not going to play. And then the teams enable them by saying, hey, look, we don't want to overwork them. We don't want to do this. Well, sometimes, though, it's imposed by the teams who want to position themselves for a certain position in the conference or a position, a better position in the lottery. You watched the, The Last Dance? I have seen it, yes. I remember Jordan's second season when he broke his uh, ankle? Yes, I understand. Do you remember yes. what they were trying to do to him at the end of the year? I I know. Okay, guys, they were trying, Brian Storp being the, let's just call him a shrewd businessman that he was, was trying to tank so he can get a higher draft pick. At that time, the top eight got the lottery pick. He wanted another lottery pick. Jordan's response to that is, do you want to win 
or do you want to continue to lose and be a loser? And if you didn't know anything about the Bulls before Jordan arrived, they were not a good team. And Jordan's mentality, yeah, you know, you might have a career-ending injury. You know what? I might not, too. I'm here to win. I'm here to play. Are you here to play and win? Or are you here to go, oh, no, wait. Oof, I don't know. Oh, and this is what this is, guys. Are we ever going to go back to those days? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But you want to be a winner, you got to risk. And this is why Joe will not be at Lakers Media Day tomorrow to go ahead and ask some truly hard questions that you know he would and would not be afraid of. I would prefer to ask them to their face without an audience. And I don't need to uh, make it public unless, of course, it was okay by them. I don't know if there's anybody out there that does that kind of stuff, but it's it, it, it goes beyond sports. It's just much, I live a much easier life being who I am. I don't have a lot, I don't have any drama in my life because it works both ways. When I'm honest, the people who truly want honesty are very satisfied. And those who don't want the truth stay away. It's the best of both worlds. I don't have any stresses in my life. I'm healthy. My family's healthy. That's the only thing I can't control. People get sick. People pass away. That's the only thing I can't control. But I can control what I do on a day-to-day and who I surround myself with. And the truth is usually, will. it's, it's a great cliche, but it's the truth, guys. The, the truth will set you free. I'm a, I'm free. I'm free of stress because of that. And I, and that's, that's it guys. I, I don't, I don't, I just, I think life is too short to, to beat around the bush, especially now with the information age and, and, and people knowing everything already and you're publicizing things. I think the thing that cracks me up the most, especially in this era of things is, you know, these <laughs> people will make announcements about their personal lives. And then at the end of it says, please respect our privacy. I'm like, why the hell are you telling me this then? As Petting My Cat says, dang, Gerald and Joe, they're still going strong. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Why are you telling me this private thing and then ending it with, please respect our privacy? I'm like, why the hell are you telling me? I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get people will contradict themselves literally in the same paragraph sentence. So last question, I'll bring this up to you before we head on out. It is, that's from Derek. And so do we think that LeBron will win another championship? I'm going to say yes, but I'm not sure if it's with the Lakers. I'll leave it at that. I know that's very vague, but I think he'll win one more. What about you, Joe? The Lakers would have to do something monumental next summer. There would have to be a player that there would have to be a great player in his prime to demand to demand to go to L.A next year for the for well that, I didn't say with the Lakers I said period do no. you think LeBron will win I don't think LeBron wants summer? to leave LA I really don't I think he really 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 likes it here that's one thing you have not heard he's never said anything negative about the Lakers the only reason why he would leave is if he was going to go play with his kid but that's you're still could be you're still, kids you say that plural because it could yeah. possibly be both 
Yeah, I mean, if he can, great. You know, that's you know, that's something he wants to do. But if it's kids, then how's he going to play with both his kids? And I got to get drafted by the same team. That's true. I mean, but it, like you said, it could happen, but it's very unlikely. Clutch is very powerful these days. We'll see. We'll see what happens, indeed. But once again, it's the Lakers fast break. Blue Magic says a marathon session by Joe and Gerald. This is great. I'm glad you guys are enjoying it because the reason why. We're staying on the air is by your special requests. I know Joshua has asked for it. I know a lot of other people have asked for it. We are on live going two hours strong just because of you guys out there. We're seeing if we can keep an audience as well. And it looks like we have. We've kept a great audience. We've kept a great chat. Blue Magic has some thoughts about LBJ loves the Lakers because it must be nice to essentially own and run the team that you play for. (laughs) Well, it's definitely easier for him to do his own thing versus when he was working with Dan Gilbert and, and obviously Pat Riley. Pat Riley is the godfather. He doesn't let anybody run his thing. And Mickey Ar- Arison, would, that, that's his guy. <laughs> so this is probably the best situation LeBron has ever had in terms of having the power he has to run a franchise. I, that's, I think, a plan, that plays a big part in why I think he loves L.A. and why he wouldn't leave unless it was to play with his kid for maybe a year. We'll see what happens again for what the future holds for LeBron, but uh, much appreciated for all the kind comments and for each and every one of you, each and every one of you that has stayed or come back. You guys have been tremendous out there. I will say to you, Penny, my cat, he likes the 90 plus minutes. He'll catch the middle part or after we finish the live show, I will say to you that, you know, to be honest, to everyone out there, it's based off of our family schedules and right now, we are able to go ahead and do it because we freed up a lot of our schedule for you guys for tonight so we could go ahead and discuss training camp. Derek says, do we believe that LeBron James is a Hall of Famer? That may be silly to ask, but people have told me that he's not. Whoever is telling you that LeBron James is not a Hall of Famer with all the records he will have by the end of his career and all the championships that he's won, he is one of the three. Okay, to, regardless of where you think he's the GOAT or not, he is definitively, analytically, one of the three greatest players of all time. And I'll leave it at that. Joe? Oh, yeah, you can't deny it. He's going to have a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar ending in terms of... Whoever's saying that is on yeah. something. Whoever's saying LeBron James is not a Hall of Famer is just a hater, and they know themselves that he is. Especially in this era. I mean, you have guys that are that played in... I mean, with all due respect to... Grant well, it's Hill. not Derek saying it, but it's people talking. Yeah, Grant to Hill is a Hall of Famer. It is the Basketball Hall of Fame. I know it's not the NBA Hall of Fame, but I think I think the Hall of Fames lately, except for maybe baseball. I think Grant Hill, with his college career, you would definitely. Yeah, but have there's a college career. Hall of Fame, isn't there? I think, but it's, you're talking about a basketball Hall of Fame. It should be what his contributions to the game of basketball is, both know, international I, 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 and national and collegiate. That's my it, personal. It's 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 it, the, the NFL a body of work. The NFL and NBA Hall of Fames have become a popularity contest. It hasn't. It's no longer well, the great. That I don't disagree with you on. LeBron Sorry. James got into the Hall of Fame 13 years ago. Yeah, he, when he won when he won his first MVP. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt that LeBron James is one of the greatest players of all time. I understand there's always the LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you know, whoever you want to put as the top of all time. 
debate. I'm not going to get you wrong on that. But, you know, ever, whoever's saying, you know, to Derek that LeBron James is not a Hall of Famer, they know themselves he's a Hall of Famer. They're just well, a hater. Well, this, you know, for, for Derek's friends, this is something I've explained a few times here, I think, and I explain all the time. I have had the privilege to to watch Michael Jordan in his prime, Kobe Bryant in his prime, and LeBron in his prime. From a pure basketball standpoint, no one's better than Michael Jordan, and Kobe is a hair behind him. And then it's LeBron. Sure, you can put LeBron as number three, um, but I'm talking basketball skill set. Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant had no weaknesses. They were lethal. And uh, calling a center the best of all time is, is, is hard because they don't control the ball. They, they don't, they don't, they're not effective unless somebody gives them the ball. Uh, it's kind of like calling a receiver the greatest football player of all time. It's difficult. It, even though I'm a huge Jerry Rice fan and I think he, in his accomplishments and stuff, you could argue it, but you How have many to, actual plays does he affect on the field? Yes. It's, you can't call a center a, the greatest of all time. That that's like this, a pitcher and a everyday player. Centers are the pitchers, the greatest pitcher of all time, not the greatest baseball player. So the greatest center, the greatest big man, yes, but not the greatest player because if you're going to, I mean, do you see Kareem or Wilt taking the ball and dribbling it to whatever? They, they, they didn't see that. That wasn't, that's not how it works. Well, you could say Wilt led the league in assists, you know. That yeah, but be- that's in the post and him being stubborn and saying, I can, I can, you know. I could win an assist title as well. <laughs> uh, he wasn't dribbling it. And of course, Wilt was a 50% free throw shooter. And, you know, not, not, you know, Wilt, Wilt, uh, if he were, if, if I was going to pick, I guess, the greatest of all time, Wilt would have had to have gone. Wilt would have had to have had the 11 championships instead of Bill Russell. But Bill Russell played with five Hall of Famers. Wilt, uh, Wilt played with, a couple of really good players and some Hall of Famers, but Wilts, um, Wilts, Wilt didn't have the team concept as much as Bill Russell did at the time either. I think he left a couple championships on the table when he he probably shouldn't have. He should have won in '68. Definitely should have won in '69. Should have won in '70. Should have won in '73. Those those finals should not have. They should not have lost those finals um, with Wilt on the team. Howard Hill says, thanks, guys. Good night. Good night to you, Howard. Thank you for watching so much. And before we head on out, I think one last question I want to hit up. Is mm-hmm. there going to be one player that you're hoping will surprise at Lakers training camp? I had to hit this up. I just popped in my head before we head on out. Someone who hasn't played with the Lakers yet? Or someone who you think will surprise. Maybe someone who hasn't gotten very much of a chance in the past. I mentioned Jay Huff. Uh, you know, that's just a surprise to someone who may make the roster. I'm not expecting big things, mind you, but someone who may be at the back end of the, the 10th, 11, 12th, 13th spot who might make the roster. Just someone who might surprise you this exhibition season, this training camp season. Maybe JT, may, maybe JTA. There's some, there's some promise there. My, 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 my hope, my surprise hope is that Austin Rivers, Austin Rivers, Austin Reeves found a jump shot, found a three-point shot this summer. And I have, and I would not really be surprised because he's a really, really bright, 
player and showed a lot of really good fundamentals last year. It would only make sense for him to improve it after one year. Uh, Petting my cat says Schroeder, he thinks will play good. I hope so because he's coming off of a good performance in the Euro league championships and all that. So I'm hoping he'll be able to go ahead and play well, but I guess with some of our viewers already starting to say goodnight, I think that should do it for us this evening. But if you have any questions for us, if you have any comments, things you want to go ahead and ask us, things that you want us to go ahead and cover on the show, or you'd like to go ahead and pop on the show yourself at some point in time, provided, please, and I ask this, that you have a decent internet and a decent mic. That's all I ask because we've had so many issues in the past. I can't even put Sean on because of all the issues he's had as far as his internet is concerned. I, I have to use another system for him, and I'm going to try to do that tomorrow night. But if you do, or if you're interested, or if you want to ask us a question or comment, please go ahead and let us know at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter or Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. Go ahead and check out the latest articles today for Laker Tom and Jamie Sweet at the Five Things articles for Jamie Sweet and Laker Tom's main articles as the number one Lakers blogger right there for you at Lakerholics.com. Want to go ahead and mention or give a shout out to John McCallion, who is in our chat, who is here from time to time as well. Go ahead and give him a subscribe on YouTube. And I cannot forget Ox1947. He is always hovering around the great groups right there for you at Lakersball.com. Petting my cat, take care as well. Sean's been banned from the show. No, his internet has been banned from the show. I'm going to have to go ahead for him, put him on StreamYard when we do our shows. I'm still trying. I know he's had some things he's wanted to take care of in the past couple of weeks, so he hasn't been able to make a show. So I'm going to have to see if I can get him on tomorrow night. He's asked to come on tomorrow night, so I'll see if I can set up something in StreamYard and see if I can run it through YouTube. We'll see what we can happen there. But everyone has been fantastic on this show. I want to give a big shout out to everybody in the chat. I'm hopeful I got everyone's names in, but Blue Magic, Richard, Sovereign, Wes, Paul, Derek, Richard, John, Don, Jante, Petting My Cat, Paul, Alan, Dennis. Uh, you guys have all been amazing. I mean, Joe's laughing. This has been incredible. Our chat is truly a special part of our program, is it not? The net zero comment was funny. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I haven't heard that in a while. Oh, you and I both, or the AOL disc. Well, the best, uh, the best part about AOL was the AOL messenger. I, 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 had, I had a tear come down when they shut that down a few years back. I bet you. That was my staple. <laughs> that was my social media with my friends. Well, that's scary. But yes, I think that's scary. Sorry. What's scary? We're, you using AOL to the extreme that when they finally shut it down, you were still using it. No, I wasn't using it. No, I wasn't using it. I was using uh, Facebook Messenger at the time more. Okay. But when they did shut it down, it was a memory like, okay. Oh man, we're not going to be able to talk on this anymore. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But you you assume too much, G. But Net Zero always a great memory and AOL indeed. But if you have any thoughts or comments for us, please go ahead and give us a shout out at Lakers Fast Break or Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. Well, again, we will be monitoring everything that's going on on Media Day. If there's anything that we can pluck out and maybe see what we can go ahead and translate into something larger, you know the media can. You know we might. You never know what's going to happen indeed, but we will go ahead and monitor the situation this week for Media Day and the upcoming training camp, and we're looking forward to some great things going on. Hopefully it will not become a car crash behind the scenes with all the dynamic personalities that are there. 
I'm hoping. Well, okay. Am I hoping for it? In a weird way, I am. In a weird way, I'm not. Because I want the team to do well, of course, as a lifelong Lakers fan. But, you know, this team with so many dynamic personalities, something has got to go awry. It just seems inevitable. It just seems inevitable. Joe, any last thoughts before we head on out? Uh. <laughs> After two hours, that's all gonna, you have? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold... I'm gonna hold that answer till after media day tomorrow. Okay. Fair enough. I'll see if I can bring you on, hear your thoughts. But we will have a show tomorrow night. I'm not sure the time yet. If you subscribe to our channel, please, if you are new viewers, we had a couple of new viewers on today's show in the chat that mentioned if you're new to us, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. I will make it a, a time in advance. I'm looking maybe 9 p.m. Eastern, maybe a little later. We're not sure exactly how we can work things out, but we will have a show tomorrow night. We will try to have a show on Tuesday and Thursday as our normal shows this week, but we are definitely looking forward to hearing and seeing what's going on in Media Day. Ime, all right. Ime has been here the whole time. Thank you so much for watching us. Good night, guys. Regards to Pat Bevan, who has a, just, a, I guess, a freaking hairstyle, per se, but... You know, that's Pat Bev. He's got such a dynamic personality, and we're looking forward to seeing how he'll mesh or not mesh with the Lakers coming up this season. So we'll see how that works out. But I'll try, I'll try, not, to, I'll try not to gag when he gets interviewed. All There's, right. Try all not to gag. Yeah. Try not to gag. Try not to gag, please. Although you can obviously say your thoughts tomorrow night. You know, we'll go ahead and work out a show. So we'll see what we can do. But once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate you being part of today's program. We've had a tremendous time. Looking forward to more great conversations and a great training camp, one way or the other, right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.